the leadership of the church spearheaded by our father Pastor Gideon and the leadership God bless you so much and I want to specially mention and acknowledge my mother in the Lord Mama Akosia Papedi Amen Let us have a word of prayer Father we thank you and we give you praise for today in your presence we pray Spirit of God that may you speak to us and let us leave this place changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright, so um, I'm going to be speaking about eternity. For my song, you know I'm talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is also a very good part of the gospel. Amen. Oh, are you with me? So I'm going to speak on the topic, the transition. I want you to repeat after me, the transition. You see, I'm doing this with you, so help me. The transition. So transition is basically an English word that, that means a passage or means from one stage or place to the other. Okay, a passage from one place to the other. And for the purpose of today's sermon, the place to the other place will be from earth to eternity. So transition here will mean that a passage or means from earth to eternity. Amen. Now we know that death is the surest way for someone to move out of this earth to eternity. And when we talk about death, we are talking about a physical death, which is the separation from the body. I'm sure by now we've heard over and over again that man is a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. So anytime you are detached from this mortal body, this flesh, then it means that you are dead. Then that means that you have moved into another realm called eternity. Amen. Oh, don't be distracted. Amen. So before I move to death itself as the transition, I want to talk about another form of transition which exists in the Bible called the rapture. 
and I believe we've all heard about the rapture. Okay. Praise God. So, the rapture itself, just like the Trinity, is not a word that can be found in the Bible. But I believe by, by inspiration, theologians coined the word rapture and like Trinity. The rapture is found in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, when the Bible talks about being caught up. And so the Greek word for rapture is hapazu, which means to be caught up. And that, that phenomenon is what theologians based on to describe the event of the rapture. And I want to hit on some few features of the rapture, and then we'll move on to the dead. Now, when we talk about the rapture, the rapture is when Christ will come for his saints, for believers, those who are expecting him, those who are waiting for him, those who have accepted him. That is the rapture. And this is different from the second coming of Christ theologically. Grammatically, it might be the same, but theologically, it is different from the second coming of Christ. Because the second coming of Christ, the Bible says that Christ will descend from the heavens and the earth will see him, everybody will see him descending in his glory. But this rapture we are talking about, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, that it will happen in a twinkling of an eye. Now we won't be reading much, so you can write them down because of time. It will happen in a twinkle of an eye. So as you are seated there, you just blink your eye like this and the rapture has happened. And that is how the Bible describes the rapture. The Bible says that because this mortal body cannot go to heaven, we will be changed. And this corruptible body will take on incorruptible body. And that is how come I also describe it as another form of death. Because anyway, you are still detached from your mortal body. And so the rapture will happen like a thief will come and rob someone in the house. That's what Jesus describes in Matthew chapter 24. When you go home, get time and read Matthew chapter 24. It talks about the end days and everything. So Jesus says that as a thief will not inform you before coming to rob you, so is the rapture happening. And so another feature and fact about the rapture that I want to state is that there is no notification before the rapture. Say there is no notification. And so the rapture will happen without any event. It's uneventful. You know, when you read the scriptures, the Bible sometimes says that there'll be a loud shout, there'll be a trumpet blast. So people probably might be thinking that before the rapture happens, uh, maybe we will hear some trumpet somewhere that will sound for the whole world to hear, or there'll be some earthquake or some shakings or some lightnings for us to know that the rapture is actually happening. But it is a solemn activity. Probably the trumpets that the Bible is talking about is a spiritual thing. We will not hear anything. So when you read Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verse 9, downwards, it talks about when Jesus Christ was being ascended to heaven. Okay? So as I said, we won't be reading much. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Okay, so let's read. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud receiving out of their sights. Let's move to the next one. For he was going, they were gazing into the heaven, and suddenly two men in the white clothes stood by them, verse 11. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into the heaven? This same Jesus who was taken from you into the heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him go to heaven. Now what the angels were saying, describing, was the rapture. Because the Bible says that the disciples, when Jesus was speaking to them, started rising and was ascending. The clouds accepted him and they could not see him again. 
So they were actually gazing just into the heavens, the skies. And the angel says that this same manner, Jesus shall come. How? Because Jesus will come in the clouds and nobody will see him. And that is when he will come for his saints. That is when he will come for those who are ready for him. That is when he will come for those who have accepted him. So that is how the rapture is going to be. So that is another point that we need to know about the rapture. That it will come uneventful, it will come without notification, and it will come at a time that nobody knows. Nobody actually knows the day. Okay. On the rapture again. Now I remember one day, um, I did something. I did something quite bad. I know it was bad. And when I got home, I was I was left alone with my parents at home. And I, and that night, I don't know. Maybe God was punishing me or something. It rained heavily. I was young, much younger by then. And there was thunder and lightning. And I got so scared. I thought God was actually coming. No, that, do I have witnesses in this place? Oh, do I have witnesses in this place? Yeah. Sometimes you do something, you know that at this state, Charlie, if God comes right now, I'll be found wanted. And I, I got so scared, I had to accept Christ over and over again, pray for forgiveness. I mean, I, I couldn't sleep that night. And early that morning, I had to rush to my parents' room and knock the door. Because I knew if those two people were there, then the rapture did not happen. <laughs> Oh yes, I knew. I knew that if my parents were actually around, then God hasn't come. So I knocked, Ma, good morning. Almost this one, I'm saying, oh wow. So the rapture did not actually happen. I did not miss the rapture. Now I don't know if you've dreamt and you've missed the rapture before. It happened to me once. And I cried in my dream. And I woke up crying. The whole day was messed up for me. I could not eat anything because I missed the rapture. These things we are saying are not stories. These things are not fabricated things that we say. But these things are realities. Jesus can come even this moment that I'm talking. But if you are sitting here and you know in your heart that right now if Christ appears, you won't go. Then it means there's a question mark. And that is why the word of God is coming to you today. We should be assured of our salvation. Let me tell you one thing about the rapture. On the day of the rapture, the world will record the highest number of calamities, disasters, and deaths at a go. Can you imagine millions of people getting lost at the same time on the earth? Look at what COVID-19 has done to the nations. The so-called powerhouses are suffering. And imagine that Dr. Note here, an emergency, 1 a.m. has been called by the surgical table opened up a patient laparotomy if you don't know you can ask dr note after the service and this patient is dying dr note has to save the patient his anesthetist is a christian dr note is a christian and the rapture happens that moment what is happening to that patient oh let me give you another classical example imagine also is driving the bus at 100 kilometers per hour on the highway and also is raptured and other saints are raptured in the past. If you are not raptured, you will die instantly. And do you know what that means? It means you are going to hell instantly. That is why the Bible says we should be ready in and out of season. Because you don't know the situation in which Christ will come. Because maybe you might be thinking that after the rapture, I can force and make to heaven. But you don't know. Maybe you'll be in a plane where the pilot is a Christian. You will crash and go to hell. And I can assure you that after the rapture, you have 99.9% .9 chance of not making it to heaven again. 
Do you know why? The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 downwards. The Bible says that the secret power of lawlessness is at work, and he who is holding it back will continue to do so. Verse 9, go to verse 9. Verse 9, second, okay. So the coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with all kinds of miracles. I wish you go to verse 11 or something. Good. Have you gotten there? 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Th- Thessalonians. Did I say Corinthians? Thessalonians, yes. For this reason, God sends a strong deletion. No, 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 no. So what I want is that the Bible says that the secret, 2 Thessalonians 2 7, yes. So the secret power of lawlessness is still at work now, but he who holds it will continue to do so until he is taken away. And I like the way the NLT puts it. Let me read it quickly. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. Okay, 2 Thessalonians 2 7. The NLT says that for this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secretly until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. And who is holding the secret power of lawlessness back? That is the Spirit of God. And so the Spirit of God is the reason why darkness has not consumed the world. The reason why the earth is not consumed by darkness is because the Spirit of God is on earth. And on the rapture, on the day of the rapture, what happens is that God comes from his spirit from the earth. That is why the Bible was very specific to say your bodies are the temple of the... Oh, help me. Your bodies are the temple of the... Why? Why the Holy Ghost? Because when God comes for you, he comes for the spirit of God from the earth. And so the earth goes back to its original state in Genesis 1 verse 2. The Bible says darkness covered the surface of the earth. The earth was formless and void because the spirit of God has been taken away. And when that happens, even now that the spirit of God and the church is on earth, look at what is happening. LGBTQIC, those things, forcing it on leadership, on countries, on nations, with the spirit of God on earth. If the spirit of God lives on the day of the rapture, you can't even pray. Because it is in that chaos that even the Antichrist will also rise to persecute those who call on the name of Jesus. I'm here to assure you today that a time is coming that we will all live. But if you don't live, you will be in regret for the rest of your life. And you might never make it to your Savior. If you are hearing me and you know that you are not sure of your salvation, this is a word to you. It's not about coming to church. It's not about belonging to a denomination. It's about your salvation. Are you saved? Even before I call for souls, let me go to the death and then we'll round up quickly. Now, when you come to death, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27 that it is appointed unto man to die once and after death, judgment. And that way judgment there, basically, is not... The white throne judgment where everybody will come before the throne of God or the Burma seat of Christ. That judgment is an instant pronouncement of your destination. The moment you die, there is, there is no waiting to go and debate or argue about where you are going. The moment you die, your destination is waiting for you and that is the judgment the Bible is talking about. And so everybody 
From 70 to 80 years, let me use 80 years from now. I'm not a prophet of doom. But from 80 years from now, looking at the faces sitting here, most of us will be out of the service of death. God. 
But do you know what God said about heaven? He says, I go to prepare a place. Ooh. So God actually sat down to architect heaven. It is a place that you don't want to miss in your life. Listen, that is why Paul says that the suffering of today cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed. Do you know why? Because no matter what you are going through now, when you get to heaven, oh, you forget all sorrows and all, all worries, all suffering. There is no sin, no prayer of intercession, oh, no prayer of forgiveness. It is all worship. When we get into worship, sometimes it transcends onto your body and you get goosebumps even here on earth. How much living in the glory of God for the rest of your life? Worshipping God for the rest of your life every day. The Bible says there's no night, there's no day according to Revelation 21. But the glory of God fills and shines in heaven. Oh, what a place. If you are listening to me, I don't want you to miss this place. That is why this message is coming to you. You can't afford to be coming to church and behave that you are saved. But you know that as you are seated down, deep in your heart, you know that if you should die now, this will not be the story. You know that if the rapture should happen now, this will not be the story. I'm speaking to you. And I believe that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your age. This is personal salvation. How, Jesus? One glory there will be after. Oh, when face to face with Jesus, we shall stand and join the heavenly choir in a better land. Oh, what glory thinking there will be after. What glory. amazes me after all these all these things these feelings and these things now you enter heaven and you see the lamp of God the line of the tribe of Judah rise from his throne running towards you give you a hug and tell you well done good and faithful servant with such a smile that you can never see in your life you feel so accomplished and the Bible says you wipe away our tears it will fill with so much joy you would have to cry. What would you want to exchange this with? What on earth? What on earth would you want to exchange this with? If you didn't hear anything today, I want you to understand that there is a place that will go. And very soon, very soon, very, very soon, where do you want to be? Let me just end. Now, what if you die and you don't have Christ? Just like you died in Christ, you come out of your body. And as you are filled with joy and peace when you die in Christ, all of a sudden, fear, terror, 
terror, fear grips you. Fear that you've never felt in your life. And you know that you are doomed for the rest of your life. Did you hear for the rest of your life? There is no turning back. Now, when, when you read some people's theology, people believe in reincarnation, where you die and then you come back again to do the wrongs that you did, you do good until you become perfect. That is the, the theory of the Hindus. They believe in reincarnation. That's why they have a lot of gods. They believe that you go and come until the next time you come, you do good on God, then you become a god. That's what they believe in. And some people believe in pegatry. Now, what pegatry? It's, it's funny. People are believing in these things. That's why we need to take this message out. Listen, in pegatry, they believe that when you die, depending on the magnitude of your sin, you'll be sentenced accordingly. Okay, so if you sin so much, let's say a murderer will, will, will be punished more than a thief. So depending on the magnitude of your sin, you'll be sentenced. And when you are sentenced, you serve your sentence. So if it is thousand years with hard labor, you serve thousand years with hard labor, then after that you'll be perched and then you go to heaven. So they believe that no matter what you do, after all, if you are only able to serve your sentence, you still go to heaven. But I came to tell you that these are all fallacies and these are all lies from the pit of hell. The, of the devil don't want people to join Christ in heaven. Mm. When you die and you don't know Christ, you are gripped with fear and you come out of your body. And you are even crying that you go back to that body that people are crying over. Why? While people are, are saying they don't want to go there and wonder why people are crying over their body, you are even wanting to go there. Then all of a sudden you see demons. Demons. Hmm. The first time I saw a demon, Bishop, I only thank God that I was in prayer when I saw a demon. I went out to pray, I think, I, I, I closed, I, I come back from school, one dawn, I just decided to go to the compound and I was praying. I think I was praying for someone or something. Then the Lord just opened my eyes and I saw a demon. Even in prayer, I screamed. Even in prayer, I, I screamed. If not that, I was in prayer and I knew the presence of God was with me. I tell you, fear would have gripped me. These creatures, they are scary. Not what they depict on TV. Even the ones on TV, sometimes you see them in your heart. You see how they, that's why we should not be letting our kids and people watch anything. That Ben 10, all those creatures and all those things. They know what they are doing. People are deep. Whites are actually deep in everything, in God and in the devil. They depict something to you. And demons are fearful creatures. You cannot see them and not scream and not get gripped with fear. And then they begin to walk towards you with some chains, old big chains, and bind you. You'll be screaming. You wish that this didn't happen to you. But they are pulling you, dragging you along. Then all of a sudden you begin to descend. And as you are descending, the temperature is getting hot. Ghana can get hot and you don't even know where, you, where to pass. 40 degrees, 50, 60 degrees, getting hot. And the doctors here will tell you what dehydration can do to you. Dehydration can kill you within some minutes. But you're already dead. But you feel the exact thing that is happening that should happen. But you cannot die again. You keep screaming. Then as you go deep, you begin to hear people wailing and crying. And you say, this is where I'm going to. The fear of where you're going to. 
You get to hell. And when you get to hell, God. Let's read Isaiah chapter 14. That's the only scripture, our last scripture. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 9. If you could get the NLT, I'll be, I'll be glad. Isaiah, okay, any version. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 9. Are we there? Good. Now, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 9. Show there means haste or help. So, show below in eager, is eager to greet you coming. When you get there, that's your welcome. He stirs up the springs of the departed for you. All the rulers of the earth. He makes all the kings of the nations rise from their thrones. Verse 10. They all respond to you, saying, You too have become weak as we are. You have become like us. Hey, I'll come there. Let's move on. Verse 11. Then they say that your splendor has been brought down to Shoal along with the music of your house. Maggots are spread out under you and worms cover you. What this means is that your bed sheet is maggots and your blanket is worms. This was a prophecy about the king of Babylon. So you note that the Bible says kings will rise up to meet you. So if you are a nurse here, when you get to hell, nurses will rise up to meet you and tell you that you have become weak like us. If you are a musician here, you go to hell, musicians will rise up and come and meet you and tell you that you become weak like us. Upon all the singing and the playing of instruments, you have brought it all here. I want you to bow down your head. Today, two things have been placed before you. Heaven and hell. A good place and a bad place. Yes, Jesus could come now. Yes, you could die tomorrow. But if you do, where are you going to? And this is a decision that I want you to take today. This has nothing to do with shyness. It has nothing to do with anything. It is your own soul, your own salvation. If today you miss this opportunity, let me tell you another thing as you bow down your head. When you get to hell, you'll always be in remembrance of all the opportunities you had to change. So if you don't change today and you make it to hell, you remember that today, this sermon was preached to you. If you are here and you don't know Christ, you have not given your life to Christ. If you are here and in your heart, you know, you are not sure where you are going. If Christ should come now, you are not sure where you are going. If you should die leaving this meeting, I want you to gently rise to your feet. Nobody is going to force anybody or entice anybody. This is your spiritual salvation. You know that if the trumpet should sound today, if Christ comes, you will not make it. Just rise to your feet. Let us pray with you. It's a time to make a decision. Rise to your feet. If you are not sure of your salvation, if you are not sure of your salvation, now I want all of us to make a prayer to God. Just one prayer. We cannot afford to be coming to church and at the end miss the rapture. So Paul says that I don't want to be a signboard pointing people to Christ. We want to ask God, God give us grace to run this race to the end. It is not easy, it is bumpy, but God give us grace to run this race to the end. 
I want you to speak to God as a father. Tell him that God is not easy. But the grace of God is able to keep you without blemish and present you to God. Pray to God. Tell him. Father, give me grace. I want to make it. I don't want to be left off the way. Father, please give me grace. Listen, no matter your age, no matter who you are, you need this grace to finish the race. Tell God that God, give me this grace. Give me this grace. Give me this grace. Maziliki pashou tataha. Rabada supe shedeke palabaswa. Ah, bashanda labasu bedebo. Ikada bashanda. Now before I take my seat, I want to pray with you. If you are here and maybe for some reason you couldn't lift up your hand, you can say this prayer after me and believe in your heart. And after we close, just come and see pastor or any officer and we will guide you through. Say, Lord Jesus, today I commit my life back into your hand. I believe that you died for me. And I want to live with you for the rest of my life. So I accept you today as my Lord and personal Savior. Come and live in me and have dominion over my life. Father, we thank you today. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Your name be magnified, O King of Kings. We thank you for bringing eternity to focus today. We thank you for letting us know where we are going to. This is an encouragement to us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Now never let us lose focus of this. That one day you will come for us. That one day we will be yours. We will be with you forever. I pray in the name of Jesus that may you stir up evangelism in us. That we'll be able to push this message out there. That we'll snatch people who are going to hell day by day. May you let this desire burn in heart, oh God. We thank you, Spirit of God, for your move in this place. We glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, I will pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.